Before we get into the Jote show this week, got a got a big episode. We got my dad coming on for week 14 of the NFL season and then special treat I got my friend Stefan he's joining us to do a informal version of the of an NBA season preview we kind of jump around a little bit we go into a little bit of baseball but not really much to talk about there but uh, we talk about most of the interesting teams interesting storylines heading into the season so with that said let's let's go first to my dad with nfl week 14 welcome back to the joke show here on the dion family network episode 35 week 14 we mark week four yep, week 14 right. all right my dad joining us again preview the slate uh quickly college football kind of in a little bit of shambles ohio state almost got uh, i mean could have lost title considerations if but they are playing next week you told me yeah not this weekend but they'll be playing uh, northwestern for the big 10 championship so that i guess will give them enough clout to if they win that game which i can't see them not winning it to be one of the final four so then it's going to come down to the so championship games are next week. Yeah, that's right. The I think it's the 18th and 19th. I think it's the Friday, Saturday of December and then right into the bowl season. So we're going to and we're going to get the game that we're, we were really excited about that we didn't know was going to happen. Notre Dame Clemson. That's right. The rematch. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see and what with, happens there. And you get Trevor Lawrence back that's in this one. For sure is going to it has to maybe not even the difference of the game but clearly you're you throw in a freshman who you've told or even i saw in that game he isn't horrible but you can see a noticeable difference between a guy that is in his freshman season and trevor lawrence who's most likely going to be the number one pick oh yeah he's i think he's already nfl ready all right so week 14 i did the same as last week i kind of did least interesting the most interesting games just because at this point of the year we kind of know our playoff teams or know who's at least in contention so first up a game that honestly looking at it and if you looked at it week one it would have been actually maybe not as interesting but dallas visiting cincinnati this game would have been i mean i guess maybe by week when did Dak get hurt? Week four, week five? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So if it was week four, week five, and you look at this game and you go, oh, okay, Andy Dalton's coming back to Cincinnati. They got Joe Burrow and this fun team. Right. Now it's Cincinnati's in the basement. Dallas is right beside them. Is Dallas going to get a top five pick? I, I didn't I didn't think about it until I looked at the standings. And I think so. Yeah, they're, they're, I think this is uh, the last team that they play that actually has a worse record than them. <laughs> yeah, because well, then they got to go through their division, which I think from this past week and we watched a couple of these games together that that nfc east isn't as bad as we think it is nope the, i think washington and the giants both have good defense actually so do the eagles it's just i think going to come down to if they can get enough talent together to put some offense together on any of those three teams and it looks like the eagles have done something there which we can talk about in a little bit anyway uh washington looks good and if the giants can get their number one quarterback back uh, we'll see it, it, might, it might i can't believe i'm gonna say this it might make the nfc east division title race interesting definitely inter- i was gonna say there's a chance you could get two playoff teams by the way the bottom of the nfc playoff teams are are playing right now there's a chance washington whoever between i think right now we could say it's washington or the giants that's winning that division right whoever does not whoever doesn't win that division i think has a chance i think they're only a game back of a playoff spot right with the extra team getting in now so yeah definitely makes it interesting down the stretch all right 
right. So Dallas favored by three and a half. What, uh, what are you thinking here? Andy Dalton's return to Cincinnati. Right. And that's maybe the only factor in this game. I'll just give you a little bit of stats here. Dallas two and 10 against the spread. Cincinnati surprisingly seven and five against the spread. They're two and three at home. Dallas is one and five on the road. I really like, um, I shouldn't even say really. I'll just say I like Cincinnati to cover. I think Dallas might squeeze out a win here, but they have the worst defense in the NFL. Um, Cincinnati has probably one of the weakest offenses in the NFL. So again, this could be another one of those 9-6 games. Let's hope the weather is decent in Cincinnati because it could be a 0-0 tie if uh, it's rainy or snowy or anything like that. Yeah, because it's not like these... And I got I got sucked in by Dallas in that Minnesota game, and you are a Dallas fan. Would you? Are you even going to watch this game? Uh, it's not on, so I won't be able to watch it. Thank goodness. But yeah, no, it, it, I wouldn't watch it. It's it's not going to be interesting. There's there's to me there's there's nothing other than Andy Dalton making his return to Cincinnati. Uh, we'll see how he does. But uh, yeah, I'm kind of leaning it. Like I said, it's going to be a low scoring affair. Even though Dallas has a poor defense, but again. Cincinnati has a poor offense so uh yeah I'm thinking uh, I'll I'll take uh, Cincinnati in the points here um not to immediately start with agreeing with you but I definitely the reason I like Dallas to win is just because of Andy Dalton I think he comes back and gets I mean I don't know how many fans they'll have because I know Ohio because Cleveland's been having fans so I assume Cincinnati at least have a little bit they'll give a tribute to Dalton and I honestly think he'll, he'll walk in and win that game but I yeah three and a half is it's amazing that we can say that's a little too too much respect for this Dallas team that really came out flat against Baltimore absolutely yeah and again we're talking about the two nine and one Cincinnati Bengals uh, but yeah I'll take the points here but I'm, it's not my favorite game uh next up again another another one where it's too bad because these teams could have been a lot better the houston texans going to chicago houston favored by two and a half chicago the home underdog what are, what are you thinking here um just looking at some of the matchups for this week i'm, I'm kind of looking at trends so teams that are kind of going in the right direction and teams going in the wrong direction so that's kind of what i look at with these two teams uh the bears have lost seven in a row. So do they make it eight? Houston really could have won last week. It wasn't right? until was the bats now. Exactly. They had the ball at the two-yard line. They they basically could have won that game. So uh, that was my one of my upsets of the week last week. But we're not going to talk about last week because it wasn't very good. But um, <laughs> I'm kind of leaning towards Houston here. And again, I'm just basing it on the fact they've looked better the last three or four weeks. And the Bears have looked dreadful um but that's all i can really say on this game yeah i mean the other the other only fun thing about chicago is if they implemented my because i know i've talked about it with you not on air but the if you just start trubisky in the first half let him have a bad first half and then you bring in Foles. even let trubisky start the first three quarters because at least it gives you a bit of dynamics in the offense where you can move around and run a little bit but just bring in Foles. he can be your closer yeah, so we're going to have, it's going to be a baseball term now. Foles will be the reliever closer yeah. in every game. <laughs> but uh, I'll just give you a little bit of stats there as well, Jack. Uh, Houston 4-8 against the spread. Chicago's 5-7 and seven against the spread. Identical to their records. Houston 2-4 and four on the road. 
Chicago two and four at home. There's not much really separating these two teams, really, if you look at those stats, other than the fact if you looked at the last five or six, seven weeks, you can see that there's definitely one team trending in the right direction and one in the wrong direction. And I mean, poor, just poor Deshaun Watson. He needs to, and my thought has been Allen Robinson needs a good quarterback. Deshaun Watson needs a good wide receiver. I think that's a perfect fit come free agency. Just poor Deshaun Watson. He, he really deserves better. Right. And unfortunately, we're in week 14 and we're already talking about free agency with these two teams. But that's where we're at. That's why they're they're at the back, the back of the pack. Next up, the New York Jets are going to Seattle to face the Seahawks. Is Seattle favored by 13 and a half? That, that's a pretty big spread for a Seattle team that's been more more than shaky. I mean, they were my eliminator pick last week and Colt McCoy walked in and I don't want to say he looked like the better quarterback, but he led his team better than Russell Wilson. So like four weeks ago, you would have been all over this spread, right, with Seattle. Oh, they look great on offense. Uh, their defense are coming around. They picked up that Dunlap from uh, Cincinnati. The defense was starting to look a little bit better, but oh my God, the last three weeks, <laughs> Seattle looks no better than the Cincinnati Bengals on offense it, it really has changed totally and so yeah you kind of take a second look at this I don't know the Jets are just I mean we, we didn't talk we talked we talked about it when it happened but the Jets had all the chances in the world and if you just I, I didn't I don't know the actual times but as I was watching the game I'm like okay Raiders fourth down in in like goal to go territory. Oh, they miss it. Okay, there's maybe a minute 30 left on the clock. The Jets have this. The fact that the Raiders even got the ball back is embarrassing. Right. And then to, and I know there's stats to support what the Jets did, but to all out blitz on likely one of the last two plays of a game is and i mean greg williams got fired so i think that kind of proves it i when someone explained it as this jets team they're not trying to lose because they're all going to get fired at the end of the year right. so they're not trying to give this team that's going to get rid of them at the end of the year a good draft pick so they, that's that's the thing that makes it even more embarrassing is they are trying to win these games and they should have beat the raiders so it really is coming down to i would say uh we all know the jets are going to lose what, how much are they going to lose by? That's that's what I'm looking at for the last few games of the season for them. I'll give you some stats here. The Jets, uh, believe, believe it or not, are 4-8 against the spread, even though they're 0-12. Uh, on the road, they're 0-5, obviously. Uh, Seattle is 6-6 six and six against the spread. They're 5-1 and one at home. Which is always which is funny. When when you look at this, if this is if this is a non-pandemic season, you look at Seattle and you go 13 and a half. I, I, might, I might bump that up to... If if this was a regular season and obviously Seattle not looking the way they are, I think the spread could get to 20 because right. of the home crowd, which now isn't a factor. Right. I mean, I I, li- I like Seattle. I'm a big Russell Wilson. I'll take Seattle to win, but how could how could I trust them to cover two touchdowns? It's kind of the trend. Like a, I've kind of looked at the games this week, and that's, again, another – it's a trend game for me. The Jets seem to be playing better. The Seattle uh, Seahawks are not playing better. They're playing worse, in my opinion. It's it's almost more of an equalization factor. Um, yeah, I'll just take the points, but it's just going to be, okay, how do the Jets lose this week? Yeah, and maybe this is maybe this is the breakout Seattle week, but I just I haven't seen it and I can't obviously the Giants are a talented defense, but I just haven't haven't seen the dynamics of of their offense. I feel like they they need another weapon, but if you look at their they lost Greg Olson, which I think is a bigger loss than people realize, but 
this team just does they just it's shocking i mean they have such a good record so they're most likely going to make the playoffs but if they had a couple more losses earlier in the year like the one i think about is the patriots game when cam newton gets stopped at the one in seattle they lose that game seattle might not make might not be in a playoff conversation right right. um i was gonna i was going to put this next game in front but i'm gonna go back i'm gonna do uh, Tennessee visiting Jacksonville. Jacksonville minus eight and a half. Tennessee coming off a pretty embarrassing loss to Cleveland. And we were both on Tennessee last week and we both got duped by the Titans. Yep. Um, I'll give you a little stats here. Tennessee five and seven against the spread. They're four and one on the road. Uh, Tex, uh, Jacksonville, sorry, is six and six against the spread. One and five at home. Again, I'm kind of leaning on a trending game here. Uh, I think it's a bat, uh, bounce back week for Tennessee. I think they come up big and I don't think this game's going to be close. What's the spread? Eight and a half, I think you said. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I'll take uh, Tennessee by two touchdowns here, and they're they're going to just start running away with it in the second half is, is the way I'm looking at this. You'll want to watch the first half, and this game will be over. Okay, we have a, we have a disagreement. I definitely, Tennessee, I'm especially they're in the thick of this playoff race i can't see them losing i think jacksonville just hangs in games more than like that minnesota game last week they were they were in it to the end it wasn't until jake luton threw that interception in overtime that it was really like okay and then minnesota proceeded to hand the ball to dalvin cook it felt like 30 times just in one overtime from and they were driving from midfield so first of all you said minnesota so that is not a real team. Um, and secondly, to, to your point, though, uh, head-to-head, just to give you some stat, a stat there, the home team is 8-3-1 and one against the spread in the last 12 meetings. So the trend is there for Jacksonville. But I, I'm all over Tennessee. I, I really think they're a strong playoff team. Uh, I, uh, I'll, I'll give you the prediction now. I think they're going to the AFC Conference Championship game. Oh, I, I, I like that kind of proclamation. I definitely, it, it makes sense because to me, I know Cleveland just beat them, but I think Tennessee is the better version of Cleveland. It's it's tough because again in the NFL every week is different, but it's hard not to look at the week before or the next week to see how that team's going to do. Sometimes you have to just look at the actual matchup in that week to determine okay who's going to win this game, and that's kind of how I'm looking at it this week. Although I just contradicting myself because I said I already looked at the whole week uh, week fourteen and I see trends, right? Because I'm looking at teams that are getting better and teams that are getting worse. But uh, for this one, it just kind of stood out at me that um, Tennessee's due for a bounce back game. Again, I'm looking at because of last week. And that's why I'm looking at it that way. But we'll see. And they were in that game last week. It's not like like the score. I think the final score is, isn't as telling because Baker Mayfield threw four touchdowns in the first half. I don't think we could have expected a game like that from him. Right. The game, the, the game was over in the first half, right? It was 38-7. But again, Tennessee, I always think of them as a running team, but they do have the ability to throw the ball and they do have the ability to come back. So that's why I like this team because they got a good defense. They definitely can run the ball. And that really, I think, puts them ahead of the eight ball here against Jacksonville. I don't like Jacksonville's run defense. And that's why I just think this is going to be a ball control game. And Tennessee's just going to run it down their throats. All right. Uh, next up, I have to say, probably 
out of all of these games, I have to say the most fun game that doesn't really have any implications, the Atlanta Falcons, my Atlanta Falcons, I, I will claim them because I do apparently cheer for them. Uh, they're visiting the Los Angeles Chargers. This is this is a game where I thought of if the Falcons, obviously it's, it's good that they fired Dan Quinn because he had lost control of that room. If this was Dan Quinn versus Anthony Lynn, would this game would it would have to be a tie i don't think either of these teams could win if they were if they were both being coached by two like you just you see it every week with anthony lynn obviously last week was the patriots just walking in and thumping them but i think we kind of felt we we were looking at the patriots chargers game like the coaches didn't matter and bill belichick absolutely dominated anthony lynn right and and we haven't really talked too much about the coaching side of things because obviously the games are played on the field but um, in this game here, I probably would have leaned uh, a little bit towards the Chargers because I would have thought their coaching staff would have been fired by this week right? yeah. after losing 45 nothing. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the team's not playing for their coach anymore. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of leaning towards Atlanta here. Uh, give you some notes. Julio Jones, out. He will not be playing. Uh, Atlanta, 5-7 uh, and seven against the spread. They're 2-3 and three on the road. The Chargers... Same thing, believe it or not, are five and seven against the spread. Uh, they're two and four at home. Uh, I'm leaning towards Atlanta here. Again, not one of my favorite games, especially with Jones being out, but I think Atlanta still has enough, and the Chargers have just given up. Again, I'm looking at trends. I shouldn't be doing that because, again, I'm in my head, I'm 45 nothing. Teams can bounce back from that, but when you're three and nine, I don't know. I mean, if you if you definitely I, I agree with the trends that you're just looking at these two teams, the Falcons, you feel more confident that not even and the funny thing is their offense hasn't really been that spectacular the last few weeks, which has usually been their saving grace. It was their defense, especially against the Raiders. Their defense was really good. Yeah, their de- I was just going to mention that myself. Uh, the defense is definitely better um, than they were earlier in the year. I would have automatically taken them over in every game. Not so sure about that anymore now. I was going to say I've gotten I both New Orleans Atlanta games. I took the over and just I, I got burned on that. Uh, next up, the Green Bay Packers going to Detroit division matchup. Green Bay favored by eight and a half on the road. What uh, does this does the division game make a difference to you with eight and a half? Not really. Um, we can talk a little bit about coaching because obviously Detroit is now playing for their new interim coach. Uh, does that really make a difference in a game like this? I don't think so. Green Bay uh, nine and three, Detroit five and seven. Again, some stats for you: Green Bay eight and four against the spread. Detroit's five and seven. Detroit only one and four at home. Uh, the Packers are four and two um, on the road. And then a couple of head-to-head stats for you: the favorite is twenty and eight against the spread in their last twenty-eight meetings. So that we're going back to like Brett Favre days. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Well, but maybe not. Maybe Rodgers. I didn't even think of. I didn't think about it until he threw his four hundredth touchdown. That he's been leading this team since two thousand eight. I kind of forgot about that. Brett Favre. He goes to the Jets for a year and then ends up on the Vikings. I remember the Vikings part of it just because of how kind of devastating his career ended with the Vikings. But Rodgers has been leading this team for twelve years. I, I like Green Bay. I just Detroit is. Uh, I don't know. 
they're they're not really trending in the wrong direction but they're definitely not trending in the right direction uh they're not in the playoff mix green bay although it could be a letdown game for them i'll just throw that in there because they basically have won the division it's over the fact right? that they haven't clinched i'm surprised and- yeah maybe they have to win this week and minnesota has to lose but again not one of my favorite games but i'm surprised actually the spread's not a little bit higher than what it is but i'll take green bay in this one the only thing i think holding back and to me it's why i'm going to take detroit detroit against the spread i'm, I'm not taking them to win this game it's just i think matt stafford has this kind of aura around him where he's actually i think he's really underrated as a quarterback because he he'll put up 400 500 i mean not five 300 400 yard games and kind of just get overshadowed by whoever he's playing i think stafford in this offense is enough to keep them in it i think again they're playing for a new coach but green bay is is just another level and I don't think anybody really wants to believe in them, but they are one of, to me, one of the two or three best teams right now. Uh, The only thing I'll I'll kind of make a side note on, I'm not real um, sure of their defense. The offense, no doubt about it. They can score points. I don't know about their defense. We'll find, I think we'll find out this week what they're, what they're made of because Green uh, Green Bay's defense. defense, Yeah. We'll see what they're made of because uh, obviously Detroit can, run and throw the well, actually can't really run but they can th- definitely throw the ball we'll, we'll see how it plays out but uh the, i'm leaning towards green bay on this one all right uh next up and actually i'm i'm gonna say it's a i mean it's a close spread so you have to kind of tell us that it's intriguing the washington football team going to san Fr- uh going to arizona to play san francisco because of this weird year right san francisco favored by three i mean i think they were more in that buffalo game then we realized because Josh Allen really kind of lit up that field. But uh, I don't know. Washington coming off that big win against Pittsburgh. Is this is this a letdown spot? It, it could be. It could be a letdown. They're both five and seven. I'll give you some stats here. Uh, Washington seven and five against the spread. San Fran is five and seven. San Fran one and four at home. And I guess we can say they're zero and one in neutral site games. Uh, and Washington's two and four on the road. It's, it's interesting that because at the, uh, when we made tickets last week, San Francisco was favored by one against Buffalo and Buffalo like playoff team kind of, I don't want to say cruising to the division because we'll get to Miami because they're actually in a pretty good game this week. But right. Miami's at their heels, but they don't really feel like as much of a threat. Right, right. It'll probably come down to that matchup, right? Whenever, whenever they play in a couple of weeks. Um, coaching. Um, I, you have to give the 49ers head coach coach of the year. That's why I, down. every year we no have matter. to we have to talk about coach of the year because people just go, oh well, who's who has the best record? But that's not Mike Tomlin is a great coach. We're not I'm not taking away from him, but right. Kyle Shanahan, Bill Belichick, like those two guys have brought teams that are like significantly inferior and brought them into. I don't know if the Niners are in playoff contention, but they're at least they're at least a little frisky like every week you can't just go oh whoever's playing san francisco is going to beat them because you don't know what they're kind of an unpredictable team right so a couple of of uh, things i kind of took away from what you just said there obviously they're both five and seven so with that extra playoff team san fran's in the mix uh and then the uh the second part to that is uh you were talking about tomlin who basically i think should have won the coach of the year last year he went eight and eight with a team with, with the, that without decimated, big man, right? yeah. they were decimated so 
basically the 49ers doing the same thing I think this year um, that uh, Pittsburgh did last year and they're they're holding their own in I would say the toughest division in football oh I don't I don't think that's a question right like at least the best division in football where right. every week they play each other and you go I don't know they could both win this game like the only I think I we fell into a trance a bit with the Ram that Rams Niners game or it was just kind of like oh yeah the Rams Jared Goff looks great but we know Jared Goff who actually had a pretty good game last night not spectacular numbers but just did what he needed to do I think it I think that game was a lot more about the Patriots and their shortcomings than how good the Rams are but dude anything on that on that game last night um, not really, not not really too surprised uh, by the outcome. Once New England starts falling behind, they can't. They're a good run team, but when you're down by 17 points, it's pretty tough to keep running the ball. Um, uh, when you've got Cam Newton, who I think he was nine for 16, um, and got benched, number, and got benched. Yeah, exactly. They were saying he might have been injured, but I don't think so. They probably just pulled him. But uh, that, that's the thing. They were getting by the third quarter. You could kind of tell that game was out of even. I think at half it was seventeen three. Yeah, and it's yeah, still exactly, and it, yeah. it felt like I don't know. Cam's gonna have to have a real like vintage Cam performance when Goff just like I, I think we can agree he's overpaid, but right. he, he he works in that McVay offense, which I think that game for me I just came out of it more just happy for Sean McVay because he seems just like such a he's like the vibrant happy version of Bill Belichick because he's such like a football nerd and he loves talking about that stuff. Like I remember I don't know if you watched during the Thursday I think the pregame show they showed. Belichick and McVeigh talking before the Super Bowl and McVeigh's like oh I love what you're doing and like how you can disguise your off or disguise your team and change every week and everyone was just like oh so you just they kind of assume McVeigh is talking to him as like an inf- that McVeigh himself was inferior to Belichick but he was right. just like I love the game and I just I respect what Bill has done for these this many years so for me McVeigh that was just a really good win for him and I think something you could you could take the monkey off your back obviously I don't know I don't think he's holding on to a Super Bowl loss from two years ago but I think that was a big win, just morale win for that Rams team. For sure. And I would put Goff in the, uh, you know, upper echelon of quarterbacks, but I wouldn't put him in the Alex Smith game manager either. He's kind of in the middle, right? He's kind of in the middle of that. He's he's good. He's not great, but they have a good defense and uh, they can run the ball. Uh, I, I again, the Rams to me are really trending in the right direction. I like them, but we're kind of getting off topic. I'm going to take the uh, 49ers um, just because um, of the run game. They can run the ball. Guess what? The Steelers can't. And Washington showed if you can't run the ball, you're not going to win games. And even though you know you're 11 and 0 going into that game, Washington. Definitely has a good defense, but I don't think uh, they'll have enough against Washington. Oh, that Washington isn't going to have enough. So, and this is, I didn't even think about this. This is an Alex Smith return game. That's San true. Francisco. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Although it'll be in Arizona. So unfortunately, again, Alex Smith doesn't get his due, right? He, <laughs> he comes back this year and uh, in Washington and, and doesn't get his due because there's no fans there. And now he plays against San Fran and it's not even going to be in San Fran. So poor guy. I, I definitely, I think this is, I think, a lot of people are going to be on Washington because they beat an undefeated team. And I have to agree that the Niners are, they just not even safer. And also uh, Washington lost Antonio Gibson pretty early in that Pittsburgh game. And That's he's true. also not playing this week. So, right. And who was the, uh, the backup for, uh, 
Washington. I can't remember his name uh, offhand, but Peyton Peyton Barber is it, one. They had a couple. They had a couple guys kind of like coming out. Ma- what did he make? Eleven catches uh, out of the backfield. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Like he was he was all over that. But I, I don't know. Again, I'm I'm leaning towards San Fran. I just think they're a better team, not by much, but I think enough to win this one. All right. I think I put this game a little bit too high, but I think it's because we just we get a chance to talk about something we've been lobbying for the last few weeks. The New Orleans Saints are going to Philly. Uh, It is officially the Jalen Hurts era. Carson Wentz benched. And I think at least for the rest of this year, if if it's it's a win-win situation for Philly either you see what you have in Hurts it's something good that you can get rid of once or he's not good enough you know that you're going to need another quarterback and I mean if Hurts is good enough who's who's saying they can't make the playoffs there's a chance I think the Giants and Washington are a step above them but there is a chance Philly could turn this around and this would be a huge upset game for them right to me this really feels like a college football game Right, you got two quarterbacks who run the ball a lot, and to me, it's it's going to feel like to me, I, I I'm going to take the under in this game. Uh, I think this is going to be uh, both defenses are good, mm-hmm. uh, and their offenses uh, both are missing their starting quarterbacks. I just think there's going to be a lot of running here. Um, I like Hill a little bit better, not much. I really don't even consider him like a backup. I'm surprised they don't have uh, Winston in there. Um, but he is again managing games. I'll give you some stats here. New Orleans seven and five against the spread. They are five and one on the road. Philly is four and eight against the spread, and they're two, three, and one uh, at home. I know you don't like that, um, but anyway, uh, I'm leaning towards Philly in this one I haven't, I, um, I, uh, and I'm not just saying the points I, it, there could be a letdown game for New Orleans uh, I'm not sure who they're playing next week but it's just one of those I keep waiting for New Orleans to lose a game with Hill yeah, quarterbacking this what, team so I'm, I'm just kind of leaning that way Philly's defense and like you said maybe a little bit of a burst with the Hurts back there maybe he does push them over the top uh, to win this one well, because Hertz did, I think I I don't want to be the one to overrate his game again. His not even game, his quarter against Green Bay, he looked good. It seemed like the team had some rejuvenation, but I I think he was also playing garbage time against Green Bay and a prevent defense when Green Bay is up by two scores. And again, remember Green Bay does not I don't think have a stellar defense to begin with. But uh, I'm just leaning towards the Eagles again. We'll go coaching. I think uh, they can open up the playbook a little bit more with Hertz back there. Uh, a few more gimmicky plays you might see this might be one of those more interesting things that uh, in terms of coaching that you might see on both sides of the ball with uh, a little bit more flea flickers or, or different plays going on so i'll be looking forward to watching this one now that's i think that's why i put it high because it's the watchability factor although it might not have too much playoff implications with new orleans already clinching a spot it is at least going to be entertaining Taysom hill and jalen hurts that's a that's a fun quarterback matchup for sure like i said it'll be run heavy but I think you'll you might see a few plays that'll uh, make it to the uh, you know plays of the week. All right, now we're into I would say these we got four games before primetime games, and I say these are all good just based on playoff implications alone. So I think the least entertaining out of all of them would probably be Minnesota going to Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay favored by seven points. 
coming off by this Bucks team has not looked good, not looked great to the level that we've seen them. But I don't know, Minnesota, a little, again, a letdown. They barely beat a Jacksonville team that hasn't won since week one. Right. Uh, I'll give you some stats here. Minnesota, 6-6 six and six against the spread. Tampa Bay, also 6-6 six and six against the spread. That's not going to help you at all. And same thing with the home records. Tampa Bay's 3-3, three and three, and Minnesota is 3-2. and two. Uh, Head-to-head, a couple of stats for you. Minnesota, 2-6 and six against the spread in their last eight meetings. And the home team is 10-4-1 against the spread in the last 15 meetings. I mean... You you break this down and you go, are you really going to tr- trust Kirk Cousins over Tom Brady? I think both of these guys, I think they're just so inconsistent that one of the, I could see Kirk Cousins showing up and I mean, the Tampa Bay defense is pretty good, but I could see Cousins throwing it all over the field. Justin Jefferson, really now with Herbert, the way that team's kind of going, it feels like Justin Jefferson is the offensive rookie of the year and Adam Thielen, like that's a really good wide receiver duo. And then you throw in Dalvin Cook, who is the best part of their offense. Right. Who do you like here? Oh, I I think I like Tampa coming off the bye. I just, I would rather put my faith in Brady than Kirk Cousins. And I think this Tampa Bay defense might wreck some havoc. And I mean, Dalvin Cook in space, I think is scary, but I think this Tampa Bay defense is enough. Okay. I could have went either way. I just want to argue with you. So (laughs) I'm going to go with Minnesota. And and the only reason I'm going to go that way is, again, trending. So Tampa Bay trending in the wrong direction. Minnesota trending in the right direction. But, again, if you would have taken Minnesota, I would have said Tampa Bay is the better team. They're at home. I gave you a couple of stats there that kind of leans that way. Uh, It's hard to to, uh, bet against Brady, in my opinion. But... uh, um, yeah, I'll, I'll take Minnesota and the points. Uh, and I'm not really sure if Cook will be able to run the ball, but I, I'm going to have to agree with you. If Minnesota wins this, it's going to come down to Cousins. He's going to have to throw the ball well because Tampa Bay's defense is solid. And their offensive weapons. We've we've kind of seen them, at least in spurts, kind of unleash Gronkowski a little bit, at least red zone. He, you can see he's a threat. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, even Antonio Brown to some extent. I'm kind of surprised he's still playing, but or I don't want to say surprised, but I think it's good that he's made it this far and right. kind of they said he's been a model citizen. Right. This Tampa Bay offense is has got weapons, but I think that it's going to it's going to be a good game, and I have to say I like Tampa Bay to win. But because these teams are so close, and because Minnesota has played their way into a playoff spot, I definitely I'll go with Minnesota with the points. So I've changed your mind, and, and now you're following me, and we're going to take the points together. Okay. Yes. So we're still not fighting. Okay. No, not yet. Um, all right. Uh, there's three left. They're all pretty much. I'll go. All right. Let's do Kansas City going to Miami. This is a matchup I think is going to be fun for the next decade plus if it's Mahomes versus Tua. Right. So, yeah, you got two young quarterbacks here. Again, a little bit of a college feel to me uh, with with these two quarterbacks. Miami definitely has a solid defense. There's no doubt about it. Uh, Tua, I think, has done an exceptional job. I really thought that when he came in, uh, my, they they would have done worse with him in the lineup compared to Fitzgerald. Again, nothing against Tua. I just didn't think he was quite ready yet. Obviously, uh, Miami knew different. Uh, Kansas City, oh my goodness. This team is, even when they don't look good, they're still winning games. I was trying to to think, who did they even play last week? Denver. (laughs) 
Uh, okay, Sunday night, a little bit of a disappointment, but also Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey are second and third in the league in receiving yards. Like, that's just how ridiculous this team is. Right, so I'll give you some stats here again. Kansas City, 6-6 um, six and six against the spread, believe it or not, and 6-0 and oh on the road. Miami is 9-3 and three against the spread, and they're 4-2 and two at home. So not really uh, too many good stats there either way, uh, depending on, on how you're looking. I'm, again, going to go with the teams trending, and I'll take Miami just because if Miami can take a look at what Denver did to Kansas City's offense, again, you're not going to stop them. You're only going to be able to limit them, and I think Miami can keep this game close enough um, to make this uh, a field goal game. I think in terms, this is probably one of the best coaching games because Brian Flores is a defensive wizard and has done so well with that Miami defense, and obviously Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy with that Kansas City offense to just every every game it seems like they're because I remember we always talk about the Patriots and how they would hide things and they would only bring out a, a crazy play if they needed it it feels like the Chiefs pull it out every week and it doesn't matter who they play there's always Mahomes is running in motion they're jet sweeps and kind of tossing it all around flea flickers I just because I don't know I Kansas City favored by seven and a half going into Miami I just great teams don't cover and i just i i feel i feel like miami covers this game and i i I was gonna say miami wins but i just i think if Tua they have to open up that offense i think they become a little more vulnerable if they have to keep up with the chiefs offense and i'll just add i think tori Tariq Hill will uh, flip into the end zone twice this week. Will it count, though, is, is the question now. Right. <laughs> All right. Two games. Two games left before we get to primetime. Arizona going to New York to face the Giants. Uh, the fascinating matchup. Arizona favored by two and a half going into New York. Why would why are we trusting the Cardinals in going into New York? Right. Um, I can't believe you have this game slated this late into week 14. I would have called you crazy five weeks ago yeah this is actually a good game like the Giants defense uh I don't know what they're ranked but they've got to be top 10 like they, I they, think they might be top five there that, you go that's so, how good they look they're look okay uh, I'll give you some stats here again Arizona six or sorry uh, Arizona's five and seven against the spread the Giants are eight and four against the spread uh Arizona three and three on the road and the Giants are two and three at home i just think this can be a game especially you you look at joe judge who is besides brian flores probably the most successful belichick disciple so far i think this this giants team this especially their defense should be watching that patriots game and do exactly what they obviously you can't replicate exactly but see what they did because i don't know kyler murray is exciting but it seems like he has all the weapons to be leading the league in every statistical category but it just seems at points that they're just there seems to be something off between that offense. Yeah, I, th- I think he's close to Mahomes. He's just not quite there yet. I've seen it in, in in his reads, his secondary reads. He doesn't quite get it yet. He's close. Uh, I can't believe uh, we're talking about this game and, and the Giants' starting quarterback is in question. Like, uh, you know, I, I can't believe that I'm going to say this, but yeah, I'm kind of leaning towards the Giants here just because I don't trust the Cardinals. And again, this is another game that's trending, right? So the Giants... They've looked great the last three, four, five weeks, even more. Where the Cardinals, you know, if... 
they don't hit that Hail Mary pass say, yeah, to Buffalo. Say They're under this, this is two five and seven games uh, teams in a, in in a game that actually has pretty big playoff implications for both teams. Yeah, because Arizona, if they lose this, then that kind of that really hurts their chances. The Giants do have a bit of a cushion with beating Washington twice and Washington being the team chasing them. But yeah, Colt McCoy, he just he does enough. Daniel Jones gave gives this and he is definitely the better quarterback because he especially because he gives them that option for a running quarterback Colt McCoy just he wasn't spectacular in that Seattle game but he just he did enough at the right points to win that game which is it's it's even still shocking to me that I have to say that that Colt McCoy went into Seattle and beat Russell Wilson right I I can't believe I'm gonna say this but I'm gonna take the Colt McCoy quarterback football team no not from Texas from nine years ago but the <laughs> New York Giants and yeah I'll take the points I'm almost leaning you know what I'll, let's go out and it well I'm gonna say the Giants win this game outright um, I, I'm gonna I like the points I don't know why I just feel like Arizona because they've let us down so many times I'll take the Giants with the points but I'm gonna take Arizona to win just okay. I think they're gonna. I think they'll probably need a last-second play, and maybe that's Zane Gonzalez. That I think he's still their kicker. That could cost them this game. But I'll stick with Arizona. But I can't trust them. Two and a half. It, it's it's too much, which is kind of embarrassing for a team that should be putting up 35 points a game. Absolutely. You asked me this same matchup five weeks ago. I'm all over Arizona. You give me another five points. I'll take seven and a half and take the Cardinals. But no, not not uh, not for week 14. All right. Um, probably the most playoff implications. The Indianapolis Colts are going to Vegas, face the Raiders. Indianapolis favored by three points. This is this is. I think this is the one when it when you talk about trends. The Raiders looked really good against Kansas City. They really didn't look good against. Well, I mean, they looked horrible against the Falcons. They barely beat the Jets. Is this, do they bounce back or does this trend continue against Phillip Rivers? And that's the way I'm looking at this. It, they are really a roller coaster yo yo team, right? They look good one week. Oh, let's take them the next week. And then they look terrible. Um, and so that's why I'm leaning towards the Colts here. Um, the Raiders um, don't uh, have that home field advantage. And what I mean by that is I really thought once they moved to Las Vegas, you're going to get some teams enjoying themselves a little bit when they're on. On the road guess what everything's closed so this is going to be no different than uh going to buffalo in the middle of january for uh, uh the colts so uh, i'll take the colts here again this is another team that looks solid they're definitely uh, going to be in the mix uh, uh come playoff time i think especially the biggest thing is the Colts defense is the strong point of this team. The Raiders offense, obviously, really, I mean, they put up points against the Jets, but you could, it took really a Hail Mary, to, to say the least, and one of the fastest guys in the league already in Henry Ruggs to outrun his, outrun the cornerback with no safety help. I still, I'm just, I'm not, I'm not putting my faith in Philip Rivers. I'm going to say that. I'm going. I'm going with the Raiders. I, I get a home underdog. I, I'm. I'm not mad about that. I think Derek Carr. And this offense, especially if Henry Ruggs is going to become a bigger piece of it, Darren Waller, I think, might be outside of Travis Kelsey, might be the best tight end in football. And Josh Jacobs, if he's back, or I think he was back last week, but... 
Josh Jacobs, I think, could make a big difference in this game. Okay. So we're there we go. We're opposite. I like it. All right. Well, you talked about Buffalo in the middle of January. Pittsburgh, Sunday night, going to Buffalo. Buffalo favored by two against a team that last week was undefeated. I mean, I think everyone thought they were a little overrated for being undefeated, but Buffalo minus two playing Pittsburgh. Is this where where does the trend go here? Okay, well, first of all, I don't think Pittsburgh's now getting enough credit. How how do you go from going eleven and zero to eleven and one, and now you're the underdogs? Again, this is Buffalo's big game. This is going to show what this team is made of. They can't run the ball. Pittsburgh's defense is dominant, so it's all going to come down to Allen in this one. If he can throw the ball uh, like he did against San Fran, then Buffalo's in good shape. Um, On the other side, Pittsburgh, offensively, Again, there's nothing they can do. They can't run the ball either. So you got two teams. If one of them can find a way to run the ball, they'll be in good shape. But, uh, but I'm, I'm leaning towards Pittsburgh in this one. I mean, it's definitely, it, it is completely fair to say this team was undefeated, lost a game that really they had the ball with a chance to go win the game and threw an interception. And not even a big bend, not really his fault. It got deflected and was basically a pop fly. Right. But I mean, I think this is the ultimate. We're catching these two teams at... I mean, the best point possible for betting because Buffalo, I think Josh Allen had the game of his life. And I think when I was thinking about Josh Allen, I think he reminds me of just a younger version of Ben. Right. A little less consistent, but... Right. And obviously can move around a lot better. I mean, we saw that old Dallas, the old highlight from Dallas and Big Ben steps up in the pocket. But again, he still, he doesn't look very athletic. I think, I just, I don't think Buffalo is going to... I think defensively they can hold Pittsburgh in check, which is honestly kind of a bit. Pittsburgh to me and Arizona are the two most disappointing offenses. When you look at Pittsburgh, right? I mean, James Conner has been out the last few weeks, but he hasn't really made that much of an impact. You have Deontay Johnson and Juju Smith-Schuster and Chase Claypool, Eric Ebron, James Washington, five threats that I don't even know why they put running ba- a running back out there anymore and don't just spread the field and let Big Ben take a couple steps. And we talked about it in that Washington game. He is such a talent. He is such a talented arm that it doesn't look like he moves. He just kind of flings his arm and it goes thirty yards. And, and speaking of, you're saying five. Is that the number of drop passes this team has had over the last what three or four weeks at least? So if you're looking at trends, you definitely would take Buffalo, right? Buffalo is leaning going in the right direction. Where Pittsburgh, really, the last three or four weeks they've been winning games, but really they shouldn't have by the skin right? of their teeth. Exactly. So they they've hung on. I'll give you some stats here for uh, Pittsburgh's eight and four against the spread. They're five and zero oh on the road, and Buffalo is seven and five against the spread, and they're five and one at home so not really much differentiating the two teams there uh head to head pittsburgh is eight and two against the spread in their last 10 meetings i think i think you you kind of not have to lean pittsburgh but i think even in a primetime spot i remember buffalo pittsburgh actually played primetime last year but this is when pittsburgh was nowhere close to the same team i think it's at least fun that we're gonna get big ben and josh allen in a primetime spot and again neither of them can run the ball so we're gonna get some i mean at least i hope we get some fireworks i think i'm gonna go with pittsburgh just because i trust their defense a little more exactly yeah um buffalo's got a decent defense not a great one uh there's gonna be lots of 
points scored, I think, in this game, even though Pittsburgh has a good defense. But, yeah, I'm, I'm going to take Pittsburgh here again, going against my Week 14 where you're seeing one team trend in one direction and the other team going in the, the other direction. But I, I, I just I like Pittsburgh here. Um, defense. Defense will, will win out. All right, Monday night, Baltimore. All right, actually, no, I'll say it this way. Cleveland hosting former Cleveland. Yes. Ravens and Browns. Baltimore favored by one and a half going into Cleveland. A Cleveland team that is nine and three, ten and three. Nine and three. Nine and three. Baltimore beat Dallas. A good win. Not really that impressive. Yeah. Dallas ranked 32nd in the league in defense, right? So why 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 I mean, let's just start with why is Baltimore even favored? Oh, I'll give you some stats here. See if this will help you out. Baltimore six and six against the spread. They're four and two on the road. Cleveland five and seven against the spread, and they're five and one at home. Do we know what the weather's going to be? Is it going to be at least dry for Cleveland to at least have a decent chance to to run and throw the ball? I was gonna. That is, that is pretty. Every every game that's in Cleveland seems to be in the middle of some kind of storm. Does that does that, I feel like that might make this game a little more entertaining? These are two run heavy teams, and if it's if it's bad weather, then we kind of not that we don't need to worry about the throwing offense, but we know Baltimore is going to focus on the run. We know that's what they're going to do. Right. Cleveland wants to do that once they get some kind of lead. I I don't know one and a half. I just I know one and a half isn't a lot, but Baltimore being favored to me, I know. And then actually, funny enough, Baltimore beat Cleveland week one, like right. absolute destroyed them. Right. One of Cleveland's three losses on the year, which is only to Baltimore and Pittsburgh twice. Right. Now, if you would have told me uh, these two teams are nine and three and seven and five, I would have went, oh, Cleveland's having a good year at seven and five, right? But uh, I'm going to lean towards Cleveland here again. I think every time I've picked Cleveland, they lose, but uh, the under as well in their last eight meetings six and two has been under so i'm gonna say this is gonna be a close game regardless of the weather um but i'm leaning towards cleveland i i was gonna say i can't imagine this being a high scoring game because baker mayfield had that ridiculous game in tennessee in very nice weather i'm i'm gonna go baltimore not even just to be the contrarian but just I want to have faith in Lamar and I want Baltimore in the playoffs. I just think that is a out of the teams we have left. I guess to me, it's maybe Indy or Tennessee instead of Indy and Tennessee. I think Indy would be the better, better playoff team, better defense, you know, experienced quarterback. I just think Baltimore is fun and entertaining. And if I get to see a first round matchup of Lamar Jackson going to Kansas city, I think that's, at least fun. So that's that's where my head is. I don't think this Cleveland team is fun. Baltimore is fun. So I will take the fun team. Okay. And your fun team, the road team, is 15-6-1 against the spread uh, in the last 22 meetings just to kind of put a damper in a little bit of your uh, your fun <laughs> team. Or I guess, no, to actually brighten it up, right, because Baltimore is on the road. So, um, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm lean, lean towards Cleveland. Um, Baker Mayfield is... Uh, definitely not a game manager of a quarterback, but he seems to be getting it done. I don't know how he's doing it, but he's getting it done. And I just, again, I'm looking at it. This is another matchup where you're looking at two teams going in two different directions. Uh, Baltimore, really, if they're playing anyone other than Dallas last week, they're probably six and six now. Uh, But Cleveland, uh, they've surprised me. 
right? They they don't have Beckham. He's he's done for the year, uh, but they're still finding a way. They got two running backs that can run the ball, and they're both pretty uh, entertaining to watch as well. But all all I'm taking Cleveland here. Not one of my favorite games. Now this is definitely one if you're if you're pulling out the checkbook, stay away from this one because yeah. these two teams again very unpredictable. All right, so that's that's it. Are we gonna? Do you want to come back Tuesday? We'll talk about talk about the week, kind of recap it. Sure. Yeah, we can do that, and uh, maybe a little bit down the uh, line, we could talk Team Canada. I'd like to talk uh, World Juniors. The team is set. Uh, they made their uh, their final cuts there today, so I'd like to at least watch a game so we can kind of discuss, you know, the roster and what it looks like. So maybe we can save this one for maybe just before uh, the the tournament starts, and we can uh, kind of talk about uh, some of the teams because I'm actually going to watch. I miss hockey right now, so I'm really going to watch those other preseason games as well. Uh, I usually just watch Canada, but I won't this year. And then that way we can talk about some of the uh, the other teams and their rosters as well. I like that. Well, yeah, we're gonna. There's definitely gonna be contenders. And it, honestly, talking about that tournament is just. It's obviously fun because at least Canada Canada has a player that was in the NHL last year. But it's more of now that the NHL season's starting January thirteenth training they apparently only a 10-day training camp which i think is is not because they kind of have to make those decisions soon because guys are gonna have to come back from europe to right. quarantine and then quarantine on top or not on top of that but it's gonna be interesting but we don't i mean watching i watched the other day we watched the gold medal game from last year and every time alexi lafreniere touched the puck it was it would just it felt like magic i feel like though the only reason why it makes me feel a little better that he's in playing this canada team is obviously every year they're special but i think he is almost too too above the competition now Right. I mean, I think if Jack Hughes came back for the U.S., I think that him playing at the level of his peers would have been better, and I think that would have given him some confidence. But I definitely, I would love to talk about the other teams. I mean, we might not have Team Sweden. They right. They might even come. So there's your little teaser for uh, next week or the next week and a half. We'll uh, we'll gear up and uh, I'll do some research on that, and we'll definitely talk about uh, obviously Canada. But, uh, yeah, I'd like to talk about some of the – I just want to talk about hockey. Uh, again, it's not even going to be the NHL, but at least we're talking hockey and we get to watch some hockey. So, yeah, we'll, de- we'll definitely uh, we'll get going on that for sure. All right. And uh, besides that, we'll see you next time. Special thanks to my dad jumping on again. Now let's go to our informal NBA season preview with Stefan. <laughs> Usually I have an intro and <laughs> – I was going to say you threw it off, but I just looked at you and laughed. Welcome back to the Joke Show, uh, episode 35. Uh, another guest in the building. I was going to say first guest, but my dad's been on a couple now, so you're the second guest. Second guest. I, I'll take it. I'll take it. I mean, you wanted to do one with my dad more than you wanted to talk to me. Yeah, it'll happen, you know, but in time. I feel like uh, one day I'm just going to walk in walk in this room and you two are just going to be sitting here talking. And yeah, not, you won't be home. It'll be hour two of the DJ LeMayhew going back to the Yankees conversation. Uh, he's going to the chase. Okay, then we'll take Francisco Lindor. <sighs> we have a shortstop. Yeah. I mean, it we, is... It, he's mine. He's actually... Bo? Yeah. Bo's yours. All right, Stefan joining us. Um... 
I was gonna say we could talk about the MLB, but nothing has really happened. It's the winter meetings now, but it's we're just we're waiting for Trevor Bauer, George Springer. Cleveland is BA is back, shortest off season of all time. Yeah, any sports, right? Yeah, the, the Lakers and I love how every time I see a stat, it's always you know the Lakers have had the shortest off season in NBA history. I mean, they played Miami. Like, Miami had this, too. I guess it's I, just because the Lakers are older. I hate this argument, though, because it's like they had how much time off in between the bubble and the regular season? It's not like they played a full season and had only however much time off. Yeah, I think that was a, it was a good... I saw on the internet people discussing, would you rather be the Lakers-Miami having the... 71 days off or whatever yeah or would you rather be like detroit or chicago who haven't played since march i'd rather be those teams that at least played and i think we know lebron i we didn't watch any the nba preseason started last night we didn't watch any of those there's no way lebron is playing in those games saw a couple highlights this morning who didn't look good for the knicks that's all i'm saying <laughs> didn't they RJ, win yeah but rj barrett looked bad he is definitely well i mean that's the next whole tortured history especially look at their division now it's four playoff teams and just the knicks and i th- i think everyone everyone did this last year with the sixers i think everyone's gonna overrate them because oh yeah i love simmons and Embiid. i think them playing together is fun obviously the- i think it's just the organization yeah i mean doc being in there i i have to say doc he's he's really coming after paul george i think he's overrated as a coach oh doc for sure he- he's blown how many three one leads I heard some stat. It was like two, two or three. It's like seventeen percent of all three one leads that have been blown in in playoff history. And it's really been within. So the Clippers blew it in. I'm gonna say twenty thirteen or fourteen against Houston. Could be later, but it was around the end of like the Chris Paul Wasn't Blake Griffin. Paul Pierce on that team, and then yeah. he was chirping them. Yeah, like like you were on. He was on the team and was making fun of them, and then. In one year, we had Oklahoma City blow it to Golden State. I remember you weren't sitting watching, but we watched Game Six when Clay. That was when I started getting into basketball because that was I didn't really watch, and then I watched the finals that year when Golden State won. Because we were watching that game, and uh, our friend Thomas, he not not like we're formal fans. He was cheering for the Thunder. I remember that, and I was cheering for Golden State because I'm. Everyone would call me a bandwagoner, but I didn't like. It wasn't Golden State was my team i just liked that team before yeah. they got durant like steph and clay and even draymond was better iguodala he won finals mvp right yeah yeah 20 so 2016 was the year we watched that game six together but 2015 andre iguodala is the finals mvp and i mean deservedly so he i don't want to say he shut down lebron because you really never can but he did his job enough so the best he could so yeah in 2016 we had two teams blow 3-1 leads like golden state you'll never hear an argument from me that that's the greatest team ever the greatest team ever to me is either one of those bulls teams from the 90s or when the warriors got durant just the way they dominated 2019 raptors (laughs) i mean they are on 2k21 and it is really fun to see Kawhi back dude so paul george signs that extension he signs a five-year extension well could Kawhi leave? I, I know. Yeah. I, I don't see it out of the question. I know they say he wants to be in California with his family. If this team has another bad year or just, you know what, disappointing year. And to me, a disappointment is if you're not going to the conference finals. See, 
I saw a reason why like OKC was trading all of their stars and especially to the Lakers like fucking how they got Shrouder was because they want the Lakers to beat the Clippers so that Kawhi will leave next year or whenever his contract's up. When, and once he free agent? He's, I think he's a player option, option for this year. year. And both him and Paul George did. And yeah, George, George went and signed the extension. Because he's uh, talking all up talk you know but the thing is everyone looked back because the week before he's like oh i'm a clipper i'm gonna be a clipper for life and everyone went he said that on every team you said that with indiana you said that with oklahoma city it's been some quality memes yeah i mean paul george he just i think his problem is he talks not even too much but he just every time you watch him i mean you go back to damian lillard and he hits that shot and Paul George says that's a bad shot. I think we can both agree it's a bad shot. It's not a good shot to take close to a half court like step back shot. But you, but him saying that is embarrassing because just, just, just own it. You didn't play defense on one of the best shooters. And one of the guys who shoots from that range, like there's only a handful of people that do it. Yeah, I mean, I can do it. I was gonna say, I feel like there's more now, but I guess we kind of have to count Trey Young in that. But Mm -hmm. I'm actually that Hawks team. They did enough this offseason where they're at least, I mean, especially the NBA expanding the playoffs with the whole. Do you like that? The whole play in seven through ten. What are they doing? So, if I'm not mistaken, so the seven and ten seed. So you know how they did it in the bubble with. Uh, Portland and Memphis that it was like a two game series so they're going to do that uh, with the 7 and 10 seed I don't know if they play one or two games but like if the 7 seed wins they just get in and the 8 and 9 seed play but if the lower seeds win they have to win again to get in the playoffs so if the 7 and 8 seeds beat the 9 and 10 seeds and they have to win another game yeah no the 7 and 8 seeds if they win they just get in because they have soccer had, do something like that um, or some sort of league I don't know there's probably there's 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 playing stuff um but yeah Kawhi. i mean i'm not gonna be the one to say he's coming back to toronto because i think i don't know if they could really don't do it don't give me hope (laughs) i just i don't know if that team would work again with him I, I'm not saying that he's not a great player, but this team, the Raptors team now has kind of built themselves to be a team oriented and not focus on a star, which, yeah. which is what everyone thought Pascal Siakam was. And I think after he left Toronto, he really developed as a star in the league. That like after he won Kawhi. Oh, yeah. After he won that chip and everyone was saying he's the best player, he's better than LeBron, blah, 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 blah. He was a talk. For sure, and him him making that move because there was there was a while where it was just he's going he's either going to the Lakers or he's coming back to Toronto, and he said I'm taking my own team, which fully full respect to him. I would not have wanted to see him I on don't the Lakers. Think it was anything about basketball? No, you got him going home. He, he like people said he would have gotten the star treatment in Toronto, but he would have gotten the star treatment from the fans. Yeah, but like there. He's getting the star treatment. He can live in San Diego. That that to me that was fascinating. He's late to all the practices. It's ruining chemistry. Like I've heard bad things about it. Well, and it's it, just like, why are you better than everyone? Yeah. You're better than everyone, but you're not. But you doing that, you're clearly separating yourselves from your teammates. Yeah. You're making you're making yourself a bigger star. Because obviously, Kawhi, I, I love seeing when. 
uh, like ESPN, CBS, whatever, do the player rankings because I'm like, all right, this is gonna be this is gonna be some bullshit because oh, they put like bad. they put like Rosen at 82. They put Lonzo at like 52 and ahead of like Zach Levine, who I think is not a great not they're kind of comparable, but. <sighs> Lonzo Ball is like a, a decent, like he can develop. He's a good defender. He's a good passer. He doesn't really have a jump shot. It's just like they're taking so much. I think they took the play from the bubble really seriously. Like Tyler Hero got ranked so high. I love. I, I love. He's Tyler good. Hero, yeah, but, but what if he's? What has he proven? He's proven that he can score. He can have a good scoring game in one game in the playoffs. Yeah. He wasn't even a starter for most of the year. And it yeah. wasn't until Goran Dragic got hurt that and that he, he really had to step up. So, like, what are you judging this off of? I this think ranking, blah, blah, blah. Who's he, who even gets to rank them? Uh, they, I, I think because I've, I've heard from people that used to work at ESPN that apparently it's very, like, analytics-based and that they try to do projections. And they also tell them, all right, when you're voting you got to throw some curveballs in there because the only reason they do these lists is to bring attention and they can go on their TV shows and you can hear Stephen A. Smith go, oh, this is blasphemous that Lonzo Ball is ahead of De- even DeMar DeRozan and that's like 30 spots. Bam Adebayo at 11 over Embiid at 12. That was a bit ridiculous to me. Like, I like him. He's a good center. He's still young too. Like, over Embiid, he's a guy who's probably one of them if not the most dominant in the league right now other than Jokic I was gonna say the top I, I'd say Bam is the fourth best center to me it's it would be in any order I would probably put Jokic one right now just because of the playoffs he had and I'm not gonna hold Embiid getting swept by the Celtics again in the bubble against him they lost Ben Simmons like that's yeah. even if everyone wants to make fun of his jump shot Ben Simmons is one of the best defenders in the league and Towns Towns is the only one. Pass. Who? Who can pass? Simmons. Oh, yeah. He's. But honestly, to me, I, I give this Embiid Simmons one more year. And if it doesn't work, I'm, I'm making a trade just as a basketball fan because I kind of want to see what a Ben Simmons led team looks like. You just put four shooters around him and he's basically he's like 6'10". He could be a center. And if he has some kind of jump shot, that makes him a threat or I guess more of a threat. Apparently he's been working on it. But I feel like they that's say what that everyone says all the time. I mean, my favorite one of this offseason is I heard the Magic coach talking about Markel Fultz and that his shot is almost where it was in college. And I don't it know. Was, I watched a video on it. Like his shot in college compared to the NBA was so strange. He was getting compared to James Harden, and it kind of made sense. He had a good shot. Have you seen Entertainment Shot? shot before somebody fixed it his rookie year it was fluid it was, he could shoot like he had good form and Wait. somebody messed it from oh, three. Oh, messed it up yeah oh i thought it was gonna be the other way no, no 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 like it's so awkward and not flowing at all now I don't... does he really need to shoot threes though no but if you can that's just another threat yeah i mean he like he's i mean he wears number 34 he feels like a modern day i don't want to say shack because he's not like shack i love watching shack highlights just because guys have to like yank on his shoulders in order to stop him and they didn't always call that fouls 
I don't know. Yana, I mean, Giannis in Milwaukee, the fact that Giannis said he's not focusing on signing that super max, max extension really gives me Kevin Durant the, the last year of OKC and vibes. And what happens this year? He's leaving the door open. I The one team I, I always see, and I wanted to go back to Tyler Hero, but Miami, why, if you're Giannis, besides being in the city of Miami, why is Miami as a team a good fit? You put him beside Bam and Jimmy Butler, three guys that don't really shoot. And I guess what you throw him out no, with Tyler Hero and either. Duncan Robinson. Like, sure, you could have some I mean, fluid, f- he, like movement. He's but. a guy where it's like he's gonna fit on any team, no matter what. He's that good. But there are teams that he fits better on, you know. And I, I'm, I know we're a little biased to Toronto. He okay. I think he really fits in with that team. I think he would. I, I, I do agree in the sense that he with would buy, buy into this team. Yeah. Just, I guess maybe if he comes, it, this team can kind of simulate at least to a lesser extent what Kawhi was during that title run. Because you put Pascal Siakam in the corner, he was hitting shots. Like with yeah. Kawhi, especially. Well, it was really more in the fight. That's that's just funny when I kind of no, like I kind of went back and watched some of it, and I was like, I forgot that Fred Van Vliet was horrible until like until the finals. Yeah, no, uh, Milwaukee, Milwaukee, but still, Norm went off in that series. Man, and that's what that's what's good about this Raptors team is that they still they had different have those stars pieces. in each series. Yeah, like Kawhi's best series was his Philly series. Mm-hmm. Then Norm was their MVP, I would say, in the Bucks series. He dominated. The way, yeah, the way games. he the way he stepped up. Is that the Norm quarter game? No, that was I think it was the year after. <sighs> Because it was like a random game against Orlando was Norm Quarter. Yeah, that was yeah. We it was this year. That was that was, Matt Devlin. It was like so long ago. I know that. I was gonna say it's horror. It's like time has kind of disappeared. I mean, so Milwaukee this year, they're projected to be the one seed. I don't think anyone that really surprises anyone. Drew Holiday is a good pickup. That's a, I mean, that's a, ver- like, defensively, that team was already special, and Drew Holiday makes them better. Who did they lose? Did they lose anyone, really? Um, well, they traded George Hill and Eric Bledsoe, but both of them just kind of, they're Man. very on switch, off switch. Uh, I don't, I mean, they lost Brooke, or uh, not Brooke Lopez, they lost Robin Lopez. <laughs> no, I don't think they lost anybody important, but I don't think that's what matters to this team. The way they lost in the playoffs, I don't want to say it's embarrassing. It was but, embarrassing. But like it my, was embarrassing. That Miami team is is really good, and I think we're gonna look back on it and overrate them a little bit, especially because Tyler Hero was really good in those playoffs, but he had rookie moments. He he's a he's a second year guy now. I don't think we can freak out and say because people compared him to Devin Booker. I think it's just because they both went to Kentucky, but I don't, I don't, I don't know. I'm just, I'm not ready for that yet. I love the guy. I have his jersey, but like, I'm not ready to call this guy a superstar. Oh no, 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 no! You need to earn that. So, what's your Harden? Harden for hero? Do you hesitate? Well, obviously, it's more than just Harden for hero. Honestly, yeah, because I don't know what I'm getting with Harden. I, I mean, like. <sighs> I don't know. There seems like there's something chemistry-wise, and everyone always blames it on everyone else, but never him. Chris Paul. I've heard nothing from that he's the like one of the best teammates. Fucking Westbrook. All this shit. Like 
stuff's just gone wrong in Houston. And it, it does. It's gonna really because Houston, that Houston team had three legitimate good shots at a title. Also, how do you sign? How do you turn down getting? Uh, what was it? How much money a year? Oh, fifty million a year. The first person to ever like. I wouldn't turn that down. I don't want to be the the highest paid person. I think for him is is because it hasn't worked out, and it is yeah. I'm, like that says something. That that said something to me. I was like, oh, he's getting traded. And the I mean the only the only reason I don't think he's been I think he's going to be traded. That's I think probably at some point during the year he'll get traded because, and I don't think it's really because of the team. I think a lot of guys wanted out of there because of the owner because he's like a Republican supporter and stuff. And I thought that was fascinating that you probably don't have that much interaction with your owner. I don't know. Maybe this owner's more hands on, but that it's that bad that you don't want to yeah. even play there. But like, oh. so the Harden for here it'd have to be like Hero Iguodala another contract probably picks it's a lot to give up for james harden the only reason why i would say go for it is james harden is at his worst a top 10 player in this league and putting another scorer next to jimmy butler because we watched a couple of those finals games together jimmy butler and i mean everyone saw it when he ended a game and played 47 46 minutes yeah he was he's gassed he if he has another score obviously if in that, if you're getting Harden, you probably have to give up Hero and Duncan Robinson. If Goran Dragic didn't get hurt, that series is a lot different. It went he was to, their leading scorer. It went to six, anyways. Who's their leading scorer? Yeah, I mean, I, I always want I want to see Dragic go play with Luca because they have they played on like the national yeah. team together. Give Luca a legitimate point guard. That to me, Dallas is the number one. If Giannis goes I there, wanted, I was about to say the big three international squad that's a that's a scary t- that's a that's a team that will dominate for the next 10 to 15 years i actually years. saw a picture of like them three all in dallas jerseys and it, just, it looked right it kind of it, it and that's kind of like a mark cuban thing is he's gonna go out and spend that money and if you go so if we're talking about Giannis next year it's through three teams really so miami i think toronto just has such a good chance because of Maasai and because of Toronto as a whole. It has a big Greek community. I remember people said that about the like, Knicks, which was hilarious. Eh. We're done. I'm, we're after after they like, didn't get Kyrie and Kevin Durant, I'm done with anybody going to the Knicks. They're I not. I feel like not living in the States as an international player is like a big draw. Because like they don't care about that. And it's just... There's a, there's a lot of better things here than... In the states, just race-wise, a lot of stuff going on in that country. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, Milwaukee was the key. Like they were the team that started the. I don't want to say the protest, but the they sat out a game, which kind of led everyone to standing with them. And a few days of of the playoffs go by with nothing. It was such a. Oh, that sucked. It was such a weird day, but it it just it. <laughs> It was a time where I, I was doing my podcast and I did like a 15 minute episode by myself and I was just like, you know what? Maybe sports don't matter as much as I think they do. And you know, I'm someone that sports kind of revolve my life. And in that moment, I was like, you said those words. 
It, I did. And it was kind of, it was like one of the, it was early in doing podcasts, but like, it was like the saddest one I did. Cause I'm like, it, it's really not that important for what these really guys are isn't. fighting for. That's, but th- to me, that's why it's fun because we can sit here and argue till we're blue in the face. And I don't think basketball, we kind of, we agree on stuff a little more. We could have a baseball argument until we're blue in the face. And at the end of the day, does it really matter? No. Like DJ LeMayhew going, I mean, I think DJ LeMay, he was a lot more important to me than I realized now that he might go. Cause I mean, he was MVP candidate. I remember when he was an MVP candidate last year in like July. And I was like, all right guys, let's, I'm a Yankee fan, but like, let's calm this down. Uh, I mean, we were talking about Harden in Houston. Why would Harden want to leave? Just give this Houston team a chance this yeah, year. Especially now. Like I think John Wall's very, I don't know. I don't know about underrated or. I would I would agree underrated because well it's also you don't know what and I think that's the argument with Durant is you don't know what level he's coming back to. I think John Wall is coming back at a higher level. A higher level. Yeah. I just I mean. Well, what was his actual injury? I don't know. He tore his Achilles. That's what it was. Which was Durant too and. The only reason why it's... Clay now, too, or is that his ACL? He tore his... Uh, it was his Achilles. Yeah, it was his Achilles because his ACL was in the finals. That sucks. That Clay, We were talking about Clay last night. Seeing that Warriors team back, I think the Warriors could be a playoff team. but I like, think they'll be a playoff team. To me, not, well, especially with 10 spots, but now to me it's a little more uh, maybe like Wiggins and Oubre. Like, that group kind of makes sense. They're going to be good defensively, especially because we know Steph has... I don't want to say shortcomings, but defense isn't his specialty. But at least if they had Clay and they had one of those Wiggins or Ubre coming off the bench, that Warriors team was going to compete with Golden State. Especially, I mean, the I think Warriors team was going to compete with Golden State. Ah, damn, with the Lakers because that's that's who everyone. I mean, I think the only real question mark if Golden State was fully healthy is they draft James Wiseman at two. He's a very freakishly talented player, and it seems like everybody that goes to Golden, goes to Golden State buys in, but he's still young. He got suspended from Memphis because he was deemed ineligible and could or he could have served a suspension in college after playing like two games and he said, no, I'm just going to go prepare for the NBA. So he hasn't really played like real competitive action in a while. I know they have training camp for it, but that's, that's the real thing with golden state. If he can develop into something, even just in this year, that that golden state team becomes a lot more fun. Yeah. I, w- I wish Andrew Wiggins could have uh, grew into his potential a bit more. I think on this team, it, he can fall into, I mean, I think he has to be, for that Golden State team to be special, he'll probably have to be their second best player behind Steph. And I think there's a chance he could do it. I think everyone always saw the potential. I never saw the, like, Maple Jordan. I thought that was a little excessive. But I still think, I think people kind of gave up on him. And sure, he's overpaid, but he still has a chance with Golden State to make a real impact on an impact team. Yeah, and I feel like sometimes just being around guys like Steph and I'm sure Clay will be in their facilities. Mm-hmm. Just like having those guys, Draymond, like just the championship aura. Yeah, like, and, and the Warriors especially have like a really good core. Mm. Of, 
I don't know what the word I'm looking for is. Just their mindset is different, you know? Yeah, Steve Steve Kerr really is one of the best coaches, which is why it, it's it sucked to see that year. Although I heard Steve Kerr in interviews and he kind of seemed relieved because think about that last five years from 2015. Uh, yeah, 15 was their first finals, 15 to 19. They're in the finals every year. They're playing until June every year. Like that's that's going to be hard on your body. That's especially Clay now. We've seen go down with two major injuries. Steph missed a lot of last or I think pretty much all of last year and pretty Draymond missed all. a lot. Like, well, Draymond missed, I think, because they missed. Yeah. Like, there was no point of him being out there. No, it honestly... And he, to me, was going to be the only guy that really would commit to a team that was bad, which is kind of funny to see a Draymond Green-led team or what it could have looked like because, to me, I... The, if he was fully healthy leading that team, the record kind of, I don't think it would have been that different. What was their record? Oh, uh, I think they won like 15 games. God. Because it wasn't even, I don't even know how many games they played. change. Yeah, they were the best team for, or, yeah, no, I, I don't think it's wrong to say they were the most at least consistent franchise for five years and they're in the basement, get a top pick. I think it's good that I, I think Minnesota getting one, I don't think it was that I don't think there was anybody that special. The Anthony Edwards people were comparing him to Dwayne Wade and then they watched his workout and they said, Uh, oh, he might also be a bust. Like this draft was so So weird. So out of obviously out of the Lamello, ordinary. LaMelo Ball is six eight. Yeah. Also, kids now that hear Mello are gonna think of him Oh no. Not- Carmelo. Carmelo. No, Lamelo. He gets. He has to be Lamelo. Melo will always be Carmelo Anthony. No matter who he plays for, even when he retires, he is. He is our Melo. That's. It. I mean, I'm excited to watch Lamelo. I think they play the Raptors tonight. Charlotte. That Charlotte I'm team. Just excited for the Lavar Jordan one on one. It's. I mean, we make fun of Lavar Ball. He got his three sons in the NBA crazy that's that's a now we gotta get him training j cole (laughs) (laughs) or um uh ladicky ball we forgot about ladicky ball you ever seen that video no it was like an espn video and it was about the three ball sons and then little dicky says he's the fourth ball brother and like is playing basketball with them and he does like this cutaway where he's looking at the camera he's like uh i'm ladicky ball uh university of richmond spiders and he's like are we not supposed to say our college (laughs) Uh, it, I mean, it was, it's a, not a weird video. It, it's funny. It, it's a little dicky. It, it, sh- it shows really funny. And I need to watch that. Where, where, what's it on? Um, FX, I think. Where do you watch it? It's on, it's like on demand on my TV. Cause I have FX. <laughs> I'm almost done. I stopped watching it for a bit, but it's, it is really funny. It makes it feel better that he hasn't dropped an album. At least there's something. Yeah, the last thing he dropped was that huge music video. He really blew up after that. Hey, the, well, wait, the which the, one with like the animated oh, one yeah. with like everyone in it yeah, really for a it. second. Yeah, Leonardo DiCaprio. He really got all the A-listers. Yeah, I don't know how he did that. <laughs> Leo DiCaprio. I heard like not that they're friends, but like that they had hung out before that. Just really weird. Um, I'm trying to think about any team. Oh, I guess Boston. We didn't talk about Boston. They got better. Tristan Thompson. 
they got rid of Gordon Hayward. Yeah, which, I don't want to have to deal with Tristan Thompson and uh, fuck, what's his name? Marcus Smart. That's it. They're both little shits. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, yes, but a little, but. You know but, what I mean? Marcus Smart is a little shit. I mean, that was probably the most interesting part of the bubble for Boston was in that Miami series that they were apparently like screaming matches in the locker room, which that coming out as a story, if you're Miami sitting in your locker room, these guys are freaking out at each other. We're, we're chilling. And literally what Miami was is a much less talented golden state with hero and robinson as like the i just think they all bought in it was like next man up they they fit the build that that you need a team to win not just stars like it doesn't matter you could have all these guys but if you can't play as a team you're not gonna win that's what i mean i mean for sure they even the guy they drafted this year seemed like the perfect miami guy because he just watching his like limited highlights that they kind of showed during the draft. He just seems like he does all the dirty work. And he reminds me of like, I mean, younger Udonis Haslam. I know he's still in the league, which is hilarious, but back on those like LeBron teams, he was like, he was getting dirty in the paint, especially because like Chris Bosch, Dwayne Wade and LeBron aren't really going to go crash boards. I guess Bosch does, but this, that Miami team and they're going to come back this year with more experience. Jimmy Butler, I, I loved that everyone hated on him and didn't call him a leader. Even going back to that Philly Raptor series, like the reason Kawhi had to hit that shot was because Jimmy Butler got a rebound, ran down the court, threw everybody, and got a layup. And that led to whatever, four or three seconds. And obviously Kawhi hitting that shot, I feel like it has to be the most iconic moment from that from that run i know obviously win a championship in that but just the moment even if you just listen to that and then his dunk against the bucks i saw where did i see it was like a side-by-side highlight i think it was like a damar dunk where lowry does like the exact same thing where he turns his body and just kind of throws it in the middle of the lane we watched that we were yeah we were were there yeah not in the building but there was just a feeling with that team which it was the same feeling i I said had with Miami. It's like they were down a lot of those games, the first half of those games. But it's like they're not fucking losing this. Like it's not happening. Yeah, Jimmy. And no Butler. matter what, they're coming back. They're gonna find a way to do it. And that's what I felt like Miami was this year. And that's why I really like watching them. Even through the year, I was like, "Fuck, Toronto's not beating them." Which is kind of more frustrating that in the bubble, the Raptors, the only team they didn't play well against was Boston. Yeah. They beat Miami. Yeah. And I don't I don't remember if it was a full strength Miami, even if it wasn't, that's still that Miami team, again, like you said, was next man up. It really whoever was on the floor, you were pretty confident they were at least going to make an impact. Except I can't remember the one guy was um I think it was Solomon Hill that was on that team and he looks like a crackhead. Like his hair I know all of their hair was crazy. Like Jimmy Butler had that horrible mustache. Who cares? I mean, if they made it to the finals, yeah. I guess that's that's really all that matters to them. Uh, I'm trying to think about who who else we haven't talked. To. Oh, Brooklyn. We haven't talked about Brooklyn. I'm I'm really I'm done with Kyrie Irving. His most recent comments. I'm just I'm sick of this guy, and he's a talented player, and he'll always be the one that hit that shot against Golden State in the finals. But now. 
he just he seems like a like tv personality i don't know but i feel like he's just a guy that people don't know either like you only see what what people show you what the media shows you right like we're never gonna know who Kyrie Irving really is or James Harden or Russell Westbrook we're always just going to know this narrative of what's being shown to us but also he got fined for not talking to the media and then went to social media and said I'm not talking to pawns how does that he did say something about I don't want you distracting from my teammates or like on our season which is fine that that's a fair comment but calling the media pawns like, why are you? Why is he elevating himself above other people? They just because I saw someone like react to that, saying, "Man, it's not like they're gonna ask you uh, what you think about the election. They're not gonna ask you questions like that. They're gonna say, how was practice today?'" Yeah, and it's on a Zoom call. It's not like you have to stand in front of them. You have to stand in front of a screen. They're gonna go, "Hey, Kyrie, how's it going? Uh, I just really want to know how it's working with you and Kevin so far." Which like, that's literally the, your job. Just talk, just talk, and you know what you could do. You could be. I don't. I know you're not a football guy, but Marshawn Lynch went to the Super Bowl media press conference. I'm just here so I don't get fined. Exactly. That was his response to every question. Just, just don't get fined. I mean, I am excited to watch him and Durant because I, I think actually Kevin. I don't want to say Kevin like we're friends. Durant does understand him enough. Boys, bro. (laughs) Go way back. KD. We go back to the. Actually, I don't remember where he lives. Uh, Durant and Kyrie though That's at least It's gonna go No matter which way and it goes Dinwiddie. Yeah and, cause, and they traded Levert No Well that was gonna be the Harden The Harden trade I think Would have decimated that team Because it was going to be Levert Dinwiddie Jared Allen Shit. And draft picks Which Levert Because Toronto played them in the first round he, he was a good player, man. Which is, he was their best player. Which is why I don't far. think it was him. And, I mean, if you're Brooklyn, I, I love thinking about this. At the end of the game, who is going to be on the full floor for Brooklyn? It'll be Kyrie. It'll be Levert, Durant. Then you kind of have, I guess you could put Jared Allen. I would put Jared Allen out there. I don't know why you'd put DeAndre Jordan. He was cool when he was catching lobs from Chris Paul. Now, the only reason he's on Brooklyn is because he's friends with Kyrie and Durant. And everyone knows that, that he kind of recruited them there and talked about how horrible the Knicks were. And then your open spot is probably like Joe Harris. Because Joe Harris, my dad and I were, when we watched that Brooklyn series, when Joe Harris got hurt, we were like, all right, good. Because he's he's a problem. Yeah. And there's so many of these guys now where I don't really know. I don't want to just call them like Kyle Corvers because they're shooters. Like, I mean, hero. I think hero to a lesser extent, but Duncan Robinson and and Joe oh, Harris hero are like a shooter. Not, a, he, no, sorry, not hero. Robinson. He's like, a shooter. He's like through. a pure shooter. That's yeah. That's it. And Joe Harris is the exact same way. Put put him in that lineup. You stretch the floor. You let Durant, Kyrie do their work, and you get those guys open shots. The only thing that really, I don't even want to say concerns me about this team, is Levert. Because I think he's developing into something more than just... I guess he's the number like three on that team. But, yeah, he's kind of, especially because he's a younger guy. I think we saw this with Kyrie but, in Boston. He was a really good playmaker. He had, like, f- 14 assists in one game or something in these playoffs. 
and it was like, what the fuck is going on? Also, that that Brooklyn team, that Brooklyn team was really fun. Nothing like, will be more fun than the Brooklyn bench mob team, though, with D'Lo and Rondé. Rondé. Like that was a he, big blow that the Raptors lost him. I was mad about that. It was it was a weird one too, because like he went to Minnesota. And like like you, he felt it's because he's. I'm pretty sure he's friends with D'Lo. Oh, yeah, I guess that makes sense. But I didn't even think about it that and, way. And Cat, he's really good friends with Cat. Hmm. Yeah. And I mean, he's. I don't think Minnesota is really a playoff team, but adding Rondé Hollis Jefferson to that team, because I think what that Minnesota team is going to lack is defense, and that's exactly what Rondé Hollis. He's an energy guy and hustle guy, and a like veteran. Yeah, we can call him a veteran leader. He didn't have to be like that in Toronto, but now he's going to have to take on like a different role. But I do remember those those Brooklyn teams because. I think that's the thing with Kyrie is you can kind of see that obviously you talk about Cleveland, they lost Kyrie and LeBron. So they're kind of just in purgatory and they're not really going to make an, although they do have Darius Garland, who apparently I didn't know that the teams that did make the playoffs, they had like a mini bubble. I don't know if really? they, I don't know if they did it with other teams, but they at least had like their own like individual training camps. Huh. And Cleveland said that Darius Garland, who I think was drafted last year, really wasn't that good. But they said he was dominating those games. But I guess it's also against other Cleveland yeah. players. But then they still have Sexton. Yeah, they're together, which doesn't make sense. Sexton's a good. He Colin Sexton scored like twenty points a game last year. He's good. I really like him. And he's a he's a bulldog, especially on defense. I think the only thing for Cleveland is the only thing that makes them intriguing is that they kind of have trade options if they I mean if they can get rid of Kevin Love I would love to see Kevin Love on a contender again it kind of who's the uh center they have the uh, other Andre Drummond. Drummond you put him on a contender those are guys that I mean they make a lot of money so it's gonna be harder to move them but put Kevin Love on like I don't know the team I always thought of with was Phoenix now Phoenix obviously have improved themselves even more from going undefeated in the bubble. They lost the center, though. Huh? They lost Baines. Well, yeah, Baines became a Raptor, but... Who Who else do they have? Phoenix? DeAndre Aiden. Aiden. Which, everyone's going to forget that he was the first so overall pick. I know more people from 2K. It does help. It helps so much. Because I look at teams and I go, okay, wait, let's, let's look at their... Because... I, I nerd out with this stuff. And I'm like, who who is their rotation? Like, who are they really going to bring in? Like, the team I kept looking at was Detroit. And I have to say, Derek Rose is saying all the right things. He says they're rookie point guard. He's going to be starting, and I'm here to help him develop, which I don't think ever anyone ever doubted I Derek Rose. D but Rose. I wanted to, I was trying to think about what team would be the best to see him go to because obviously the easy answer is like oh if he went back to the Bulls that would be fun but like the Bulls aren't a contender I think they could like sneaky make the playoffs there was a deal in place last year at the trade deadline to send him to the Lakers for Caruso but um, they wouldn't do it that's I think Alex Alex I think if we're doing uh overrated starting five I think Alex Caruso and Tyler Hero get the starting spots. I, and I like both of those guys. But so you're saying underrated. Did I say Alex, under? Alex Caruso is underrated. Overrated. No. <laughs> he is the goat of all goats. Michael Jordan couldn't touch him. <laughs> he couldn't now. Actually, no. Michael Jordan. I'm, I'm sorry, Mike. Don't, don't, 
don't come dunk on me. He took it personally. What are you going to do? Just say you can beat him 1v1 and he'll never. <laughs> then, uh, well, as I was watching The Last Dance, the story that I always forget about until it happens is the guy in the bullets, LeBradford Smith, that he's just like the nice game Mike. And they asked him about it years later. He's like, oh, yeah, I just made that up. And he scored, like, as many points in the first half as that guy did in the whole game. And it's just like, man, this guy, like, he was really crazy. Like, nuts. That he was just, like, any reason. Like, George Carl is in the NBA Finals, and he doesn't say hi to him at dinner. And he just goes, that's all I needed. Like, that guy, like... How did he even need other people to motivate him? Because he probably could have just sat in a room and gone, all right, this person, I think, breathed at me the wrong way, so now I'm going to go dunk on their head. He, he was different. I mean, we didn't, we kind of, now we, we touched on the Lakers, but they're going to come back this year. If they don't win, if, I, don't, I don't see how they don't. See when I, I see that team just got so much better to me, to me, and well, they were already by far the best team in the league. And like, especially you steal Montrez Harrell, you you take him from across the street. LeBron, I don't know if you do you know you get Marc Gasol, yeah, fucking Schroeder. Dennis Schroeder. <sighs> Who else? They got other guys. Uh, Wesley Matthews. To kind of like replace they that, they lost a lot of their weak links. I was gonna say they got rid of Danny Green, which I don't. I don't think we're really. I was here gonna for- say, well, how do you feel about the rap he has right now? I think because I think he brings more to the table than just his play. Well, and I think he's like. I think he was the leader on that Toronto team, and like in the locker room, he is a big. I think guy. I think he's like, gonna help that Philadelphia team. Yeah. I just I think everyone, you know what? Danny Green gets to be on the underrated team because I think everyone freaked out about him missing that one shot. And you know what? He missed a shot in the finals. That oh, they freaked out because he 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 missed every shot before that, and then he missed that one too. <laughs> I mean, it is true. I think it is slightly justified, but also like. Again, he he was on those Spurs teams. I think people are going to forget about what a difference those like Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, Manu Ginobili's teams. Like as soon as you if you look at San Antonio, they're surrounded. They are represented around the league. Steve Kerr was on those Spurs teams in the late 90s, like right after he left the Bulls. He went to the Spurs and won a title. He oh, Yeah, he know he knows the Spurs are everywhere. Everywhere you look around the league, there is some. I mean, the good teams especially have some kind of Spurs connection. And yeah, Danny Green, he's not the most effective player, but he's going to walk into Philly and say, listen, if we're going to be a championship team, we all have to buy in. We have to do this together as a team and you got to be a cohesive unit, which I think was the biggest thing with the Lakers. The Lakers brought back Jared Dudley and I legitimately thought, oh, that's good because I, I... I hear Jared Dudley talk after the bubble about how important, how much they bonded and how much Mm -hmm. they, that team just liked each other. And I think that's this, I don't think we really heard as much about that with like the Toronto team or especially Golden State. Those like when they won that first year was good. And the second year you could kind of see something was off in that dynamic. And it was Durant. I mean, I'm not just here to blame him, but 
he thought he was going to get credit for walking in and winning those titles. Because if Durant doesn't go there, I don't think Golden State gets. I think especially against LeBron. I was going to say Houston. I think Houston would have beat them without Durant. I mean, Durant did get hurt. I think actually both. Both years, or at least one of the years he got hurt. And I keep saying both, like there's only two. I mean, he was there for three years. I think Houston would have a title appearance at least one of those years. I mean, they did miss 27 straight threes in one of them. And I guess it was just kind of the Warriors mentality that brought them back in those series. Yeah. But, I mean, again, yeah, this Lakers team... That that division, we talked about the Knicks because they have Brooklyn, Boston, Philly, Toronto. Poor Sacramento. And I like Sacramento. I think they're a fun young team. But now they have to deal with the Lakers, the Clippers, the Suns, and who's the fourth team in that division? Wait. The Clippers, the Lakers, the Suns. Why am I forgetting who else is in that San Antonio? Di- no, they're in with like New Orleans, Dallas. Um, also, I, I looked at it and I showed you and my dad this, that the NBA should realign and it's really stupid. Yeah. Because my only, my biggest thing is... No, because no, they're with Portland, Denver, Utah, Minnesota. I have no clue what the divisions are in basketball. Uh, why? I've got, I feel like... The Lakers, the Clippers, the Suns, the Kings. Who else is... <laughs> Golden State. Why did I forget about Golden State? <laughs> so that division is four playoff teams in Sacramento. <sighs> but yeah, Port- the fact that Portland isn't with... Like, Portland has to go to, like, Minnesota, which is, like, halfway across the country. It, it it really doesn't make sense. They also, the way I did it is, I don't have it on me, so I don't remember who's exactly with who, but it was five divisions of six teams in each division. It limits travel. Like, you can see they're all, like, Minnesota plays against, like, Portland when they're, like, right next to Milwaukee, Detroit, Chicago. Like, they're in, and I think in pretty much every other league, a Minnesota team is grouped in with teams closer. Yeah. I mean, we still have, I mean, we still have like a week or two before the season. And uh, this is more, I mean, we said this is going to be a little more of an informal previews. Any other teams here that we didn't touch on? Oh, Denver. We didn't talk about Denver. Denver, I'm excited about. I mean, just like Porter. uh, Porter and then. Murray and I really like Murray. I I think he had a great playoffs. I not ready to call him. I think I was doing like looking at point guards and I'm like he's in he's in the top ten, but I think he just needs to be more consistent. He had a really good playoffs and I think and I really don't have any doubts that he's going to be good and probably a all star borderline all star. I'm kind of now just thinking about Philly and getting scared. <laughs> But I'm not think, gonna lie. Like, but this this is Dwight, last year too. I, I think Dwight, Dwight yeah. Howard's really gonna help Embiid. Well, yeah, because and he, he's now, gonna, Danny Green going there. I haven't really thought about it much, but like they got a good team. I mean, the only X factor, which I think, because I know you're scared of them just for Toronto's sake, is you go down to coaching and Nick Nurse isn't. I don't think he's as much of an X's and O's guys guy as we think about. And uh, I he. I think he lost that series for them. I'm not going to lie. He really didn't play their bench. 
No. Like, he didn't play Toronto's game. He played to Boston's game. And it was really weird because he's never coached like that. I think the on- only thing, because I-, I do agree that it didn't play the bench enough, the only thing I felt like they kind of had to do was Lowry Van Vliet had to play, like, 45 minutes. Yeah. But... And he didn't play Baca enough. I think he had an injury, though. He had a foot injury, but, like... In a game, Still. in game seven, why? Why? Especially he was playing that small lineup. It it was that that's it was small. fun, but like I don't know, man. I mean, I think it could be part of why Ibaka left. Yeah, if he didn't think he was getting the role he deserved, I, I that was a big hit. I didn't think he was leaving. And that's what I, I, I mean, I watched uh, as they were in, like, since they've been in Tampa, they were doing, like, the Zoom interviews. And I think it was Yahoo Sports Canada posted, like, the interviews. First of all, OG Ananobi is, I think we always knew he was kind of quiet. But, man, he is just, like, they'll ask him a question. Very polite. Like, I'm not saying he's not nice. But, like, when you ask him a question, he's going to go, here is the answer. Next question. Media. What, what else are you supposed to do? Which, like, which is fair. I think some guys elaborate a little more, but but OG and Pascal both said I was really surprised when he left. I think it's going to hurt them because I think Ibaka, and I think it's going to really help the Clippers that they're going to have this veteran leader who can kind of fill in any role you any need role, him to. Yeah. And I mean, we, did you know, did you see the text Kawhi sent Ibaka at the beginning of free agency? Just, hey, are you coming? And and as soon as he said that, I'm like, yeah, that's the most Kawhi thing I've ever heard of, to just go, hey man, you, you want to you come play here? And, and it's not like and then he's... he does it. Yeah. I mean, I I think they were closer than a lot of people thought too. Who the Clippers? No, Baca and Kawhi. I, I I didn't think I didn't think about it until I saw it, and I was like, yeah, that kind of makes sense. They have that video. Of, and it was just them too. What it do, baby? <laughs> yeah, I mean, even Serge, I think having the cooking show, I think makes a huge difference because you can go back and watch how he interacts with people, and you can kind of see. Him and Siakam, they have a bit of chemistry. Him and OG had unquestionable chemistry, but he kind of he got a lot more out of Kawhi than I think anybody else really could. This is, he's he's a quiet guy. He's a fun guy. It kind of sucks watch, watching watching him on the Clippers, especially the when LA Raptors. You mean what? Watching the LA Raptors. The only the thing that kind of not even worried me is I was thinking about. Next year, obviously, the Raptors are building up for Giannis. That's how they're going to make their run. I just don't want them to lose anybody else out of, like, from the yeah. rest of that group. Because the, the guy. Who's the agent next year? Kyle? I think yeah. Kyle. Well, because, yeah, Fred's locked up. Pascal's locked up. They're doing OG's contract right now. Like, they're talking about it. If Kyle has another good year, I think they'll. Oh, if he went to, like, are you saying the Clippers? Oh, he fits so well with that team. He just fits so well with Kawhi. Yeah, he and Kawhi needs that. He said, "I want a, I want a point guard. I want a real a real point guard." I mean, if you're putting out a team, uh, you can fill in that fifth spot with whoever you want. Because if it's Kyle Lowry, Paul George, Kawhi, and Serge, that's a that's a pretty lethal team. I also don't think. I mean unquestionably would hurt Toronto losing Kyle Lowry. He's been like the franchise guy and Masai Ujiri always said that we want him back. If he leaves, I think the Raptors go into, I'm not going to say rebuild, but 
you give the keys to Van Vliet. I and think that's you kind of re, not, yeah. Retool. You, yeah. Around him and Siakam. That's your, that does become your team. And, I mean, like, they got a good young core, though. OG, Powell's not that young. But no, but he's, he, he's. Boucher's also a lot also. older. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> he's a lot older than I thought. Yeah, because he 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 won, he was on one of the Golden State title teams. He didn't start playing till he was old. Oh, like fifteen, sixteen. Yeah, and then went to Oregon, and it's fine. It's, it's a cool story. I don't know it like off by heart, but no, I mean a Montreal kid, and now he's playing in Toronto. It's it's. It's fun. I mean, I like having some Canadian blood on the team. Yeah, I mean, even isn't I'm pretty sure O'Shea Brissett is too. Is he? I think so. I, I'm not fully confident in that, but I feel like the Raptors kind of always have to have Canadians. Yeah, I remember the fun Corey thing about Joseph. Yeah, the fun thing about being in Toronto is that every time there's a Canadian NBA player, there's a rumor that he's going to become a Raptor. The one that I think became a little more real than people realized was Shea Shea Gilgis Alexander, who he's he's a really good player and. It kind of sucks that that OKC team now really isn't a con- uh, not a not that they were a contender, but they don't really seem like a playoff team even. Yeah, but like they'll be good. They have so many picks. Oh, like going forward, yeah. They could do so much. They could trade. They could. I remember there's a there's a rumor. I think someone just made it up that they were going to trade for Paul George back. <laughs> now that. <laughs> Now that Russ was gone, I th- I think we actually the Washington was another team we didn't talk about. I I really like yeah, this Washington team. And me too. You really like, you're more of a Westbrook guy than I am, but I'm a really big Bradley Beal guy. Yeah, he, he and I think their play is very similar, and I think they'll they'll work together really well. I remember you telling me you're way more con- you're a lot more concerned about Washington if they figure it out. I think the big- who's their coach. Uh, Scott Brooks, who coached like Westbrook with the Durant, Abaka Harden teams, which actually I think he's still their coach. I don't think they fired him because they they didn't make the playoffs in the bubble, but they also didn't have Bradley Beal. I don't even consider it John yeah. Wall because they didn't have him have for him for two years, which is kind of crazy that he had like an at home injury and missed two years. Yeah, but yeah, Washington. I mean, Rui Hachimura he fell down the stairs or something, right? Yeah. Like they have Rui Hachimura traffic from last year. They drafted Denny Advia this year. They just kind of, and I think what I didn't realize till I saw a video at training camp, Bradley Beal was talking to Advia, their pick from this year. And he was like, he, he just looked like a veteran leader from that video. He was just like, listen, you're going to have good days. You're going to have bad days. You're not every, you're going to have your ups and downs. Just enjoy every day of it. You only get your rookie year once. And he said that I'm like, Bradley Beal's a leader. And I think Russell Westbrook's a leader. Yeah. He just sometimes... I don't think Russell Westbrook's problem is off the court. I think on the court sometimes he... It looked like he bought into Houston, but that's not really... Russell Westbrook is a center in a point guard's body because (laughs) he wants to get to the basket, which I think is going to help Bradley Beal and... The NBA now, all about spacing. Do they have shooters? They have that one ginger guy. Uh, Davis Bertans, who I was kind of shocked he went back because he didn't go to the bubble because he wanted to focus on free agency. And then he just went back anyways. They, I don't think Hachimura isn't a great shooter. Bradley Beal is one of the best scorers in the league. The only thing is what people are trying to talk themselves into is their centers. They don't really have because that was a especially when John Wall was there. That was a big DeMarcus Cousins maybe to Washington 
because they go back to Kentucky, which yeah, which is funny that now they, they're reunited in Houston. But I'm I'm half Demarcus Cousins is one of my favorite centers, and I'm glad he just has a job, even if it's because I really hope he can stay healthy this year. Because that's that's been his big now becomes the what if of his entire career is just if he. If he was healthy, especially to think back to when him and Anthony Davis were together in New Orleans, if they were together for a playoff run, I think Davis took them. I think that was the year they beat Portland in the first round and they faced Golden State in the second round, like Golden State. It was either 2017 or 18. So actually, I don't even know if it was. It might have been before Durant, but Cousins and Davis in a playoff run, that would have been really fun to watch. So many good players in the league now. It's I, so entertaining. That when I looked at that ESPN list, I'm like, oh, there's like 25 really good players and probably like 10 to 15 superstars. Like that's just how talented the league is. I want to say all better than Jordan. <laughs> In terms of just like how the game is played, like... Not if it was one-on-one or if he was in this era, but, like, just pure the way people are playing now. It's just, like, the intensity is, seems crazy. Yeah, I mean, the I think the bubble really showed when you give those guys a singular focus that... That basketball was really good. And I, I, it was so good. And not having any fans, like, that can... Either it gives people their home field advantage or there's nerves and like you don't think about it as much when you're playing a game. It's just like people watching on TV. Yeah, like you have those virtual fans and the uh, the uh, they did do a good job with the virtual fans that sometimes they would interact and like Jimmy Butler was like kissing Dwayne Wade's screen. Like there was stuff like that. But in the long, like sure, there's going to be noise and music, but like LeBron said, but compared to what they're all used to. Yeah, you have to you have to hype yourself up when I found that was that to me was when everyone was like, oh, this is going to be an easy championship. That was one of the hardest championships to win because LeBron James was on a podcast with, uh, do you know, Road Trip and it's Richard Jefferson. And I saw the clips, I think. And when he talked about if they played the Warriors in the bubble, they probably would have lost by yeah. 100 in 2016. I'm like, that's that's a pretty bold thing to say because it is true that you need that home court advantage. But I think that him saying that almost proves that that 2020, like this bubble championship was more impressive because you didn't have fans to get you excited. You had to get like and people that were there said, oh, the Lakers, their bench was just talking the whole time. Anytime someone was shooting, they were yelling and they're yelling Jimmy Neutron and Duncan Robinson. It was like a college, but like even prior, like just uh, amateur sports like the, the like, AAU, yeah. like how they did, it. like I remember, like because when you're at the games, like even in baseball, I hate watching it because it's like all the guys are so quiet and playing. Growing up, like the biggest thing is you're loud, like you hype up your guys, all the chants, all the talking. Like where is that? Yeah, where's that go? It's the fans are doing it. If you did, like people wouldn't even be able to hear you. So what's the point? Yeah, that's true. I mean. But like that's so weird with with sports to me like professional sports it it just drops off. Yeah, I mean the the part about the bubble that was to me my favorite part was I think it was after Jamal Murray and Donovan Mitchell had their like fifty point games against each other and 
I think it was the Jazz one, and Jamal Murray's taking a video of Donovan Mitchell just like sitting on a bench. He's just like <laughs> yeah, in the bubble. This guy, this guy just scored fifty points on me, and now I have to see him. Yeah. And I'm like, that's hilarious. Their interactions, and that was the cool thing about like uh, Matisse Thybul like doing a YouTube vlog and Javale McGee is you got to see behind the scenes. Like James Harden would go and like hang out with the Sixers, which maybe. Maybe that's how it started. Maybe that's how the, I didn't even think about that. But you got to see behind the scenes of all that stuff and their day to day and some interactions. The only thing, honestly, I think they could have made a reality show out of being in the bubble because the way people talk and the fact that like the Lakers and the Heat were playing in the finals and staying in the same hotel. And like when the Heat would win, the Lakers would hear them celebrating. Like that's, that's also kind of, I feel like it's a little dumb once it was the finals and there's yeah. only two teams left. Why are they in the same hotel? just let one team like there there were multiple hotels but yeah that was that was fun we're just over an hour so i I think i think we can can wrap this up thank you stefan for coming on we'll we'll have you back having me of course we'll have Uh, you back i'll be on here with rob don't you worry (laughs) well we'll have you back once we get a little more baseball i guess and i guess when the nba see when when you come back we'll come you have another mic yeah we should do one with miles or something oh i'm down just talk to shoot the shit you know i feel I'll like i feel like some sports. of our other sports are just so easy to talk about but if we talk about like our friend group the only thing is i think people are going to feel left out if it's just the three of us fuck them <laughs> you hear that they friends? know where actually, i live actually no i don't they know where to find me yeah i'm i don't even know where to go from that well i guess then uh yeah, we'll have you back at some point. Twas lit. <laughs> and besides that, we'll see you next time. Once again, thanks to my dad and Stefan hopping on the pod. Almost a two-hour episode all combined. And uh, we'll be back Tuesday. We got NFL Week 14 recap and some NBA over-unders.